podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to week 19 of the Foot Weekly podcast. This is a gameplay podcast on the main feed because, well, Team of the Year hasn't really quite got into full swing, so we'll be talking about it on the main feed next week. And on this podcast, we still have plenty of Team of the Year things to talk about, actually, because we've got a few player reviews, things like that. And I'll introduce, as I often do, uh, James, how's the gameplay been for you of late? It's been okay, Ben. I think I feel less confident in my 433 that I've been running lately, which is a bit of a bummer mm. because mm. it's generally like a really fun formation. I don't know so much if it's just me not maybe having played as much FIFA lately as I had before because for some of the folks in my Discord, it's still working a treat. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I've been slow to adjust to the patch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that has been a bit of a difference. We talked about it on last week's podcast, but our next guest, we have top two NA player. Huban, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, my first weekend league since, I think, sometime during the World Cup. So it had been a little while um, mm. running a 4-3-2-1 that um, has worked really well for me. And I know some people in the Discord have been trying it as well. So, um, you know, looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that very shortly. He was also running a 4-3-3 type formation, actually, when we last spoke our next guest. It is E-World Cup commentator and friend of the podcast, Richard Buckley. Welcome back. Thank you very much, as always, Ben. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to chatting all things FIFA 23 and uh, how we find in the game recently. Well, yeah, and actually, after doing the supporter content pod this week, I'm interested to know from you, as we get into our reviews, how you've been finding that Team of the Year icon Perlo that you very fortunately packed. I've been really enjoying him. He, he just, it feels like a fun player to use. Mm. I've probably played, I would say maybe 17, 18 games. He played the majority of weekend league for me. And I mean, passing on the ball and shooting feels elite. Like mm. just as it should be as well. I think the only negative, which I sort of expected from him is when you're coming up against those, those bigger players, uh, a Yaya Torre, a Vieira. Um, I see a lot more Zachariah as well. Anyone who sort of got the the physical battle over him, he does sort of get dominated in the middle of the pitch. But one thing I think that he's got going for him, his interceptions, it seems to be, in this FIFA, when I'm not controlling him, he's just always in the right place at the right time. Mm. Just sort of patrolling that central midfield area. I've been playing him with a shadow because... I didn't know if he would be too slow and he doesn't need the passing or the dribbling. With a shadow, he I think he gets over 90 interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, would yeah. lead me to believe like why he is so good sort of in that area. He gets the pace boost, which is is huge for him. And one thing I've been pairing him in a midfield ne- with alongside Zidane, the biggest difference that I found, payload doesn't need to come off. Zidane, I'm pulling off 70, 75 minutes mm. because of the, 
I think 80, 79 stamina, whatever the mid Zidane has. Pirlo can go throughout the game in champs, into extra time. He, he's very, very reliable in that aspect. So I think he, he will continue to come down his price. Fortunate enough to pack him untradeable, so he's going to be playing a lot of games for me. But I think for f- sort of five to 600k in that ballpark, I think you're looking at a very, very competent central midfielder, central defensive midfielder. Yeah, and actually plus 10 stamina, which is, yeah, they're doing the right upgrades on a lot of these Team of the Air icons and, and making them helpful in certain areas, making them better in certain areas, which is really good to see. And I actually think you were saying to me that you know of a few pros that have really been enjoying this Sergio Ramos flashback, which it wasn't a complete surprise, but he's not exactly the fastest 83 pace. What I did notice is he has 90 acceleration and 77 sprint speed. And he's lengthy, which is something you just don't see uh, on other centre-backs. I mean, on many players at all, to be honest. So, yeah, is that true that, that people have actually been enjoying him a lot? Yeah, the pace split, I think, is, is huge for him. Uh, acceleration over sprint speed. I know a lot of pros are, are big fans of him. Mm. They're currently in sort of the rival's grind, trying to get to the, the 1,000 skill mark for the European region, at least. And whenever I've seen people using him, I'm two squads down myself, so he will be coming to the team. So I'll, I'll be able to give my own personal experience of him sometime soon. But he he just looks so aggressive when he is getting in front of attackers, sort of nipping the ball off of his, their feet. He, he looks, and when I've played against him, it's just so quick. He gets back so fast. Mm. High reactions, as you would expect for a Sergio Ramos item. Doesn't really need any defensive or physical stats, so you can be a little bit creative, I think, with the chemistry styles as well. Nice. Yeah, he looks really good. I think I'm always reluctant to go for a centre-back who's got pace that low and you have to spend quite a bit to get him. But as you say, with that pace split, with the length, maybe that is kind of a different prospect. Um, Hugh, coming back to the game, anyone you've been using him found good? Yeah, I've had basically an almost entirely new team actually. So Mm. I'd been holding my coins all cycle, basically just waiting for team of the year. And now I figured, you know, I, I might as well spend them and, you know, enjoy the coins, you know, while there's lots going on. So uh, right now I've got Centurion Chesney's kind of sometimes good, sometimes bad, kind of typical keeper. Uh, Moments Quadrado, Phenoms, Kunde, Ones to Watch, Rudiger, Gold Theo Hernandez for now, hopefully getting the team of the year. Um, then World Cup Vieira, Wildcard, Cruz. I did the Di Maria SBC, the team of the tournament. And then just, I think yesterday or the day before, I did the hero pick and got World Cup all away on. So uh, <laughs> oh. welcoming, uh, you know, the... Everyone's favorite uh, face. Um, I it was one of those players where like I never would have bought him, but yeah. now that I've got him he's untradeable, insane, you know, he? kind of might as well. Yeah, he's got like a hundred five pace. Like only he and Mbappe feel at that level of speed. A quick question on Alawiran because I'm still. I mean, to be fair, I think this is the one real issue with the three five two I've been playing, which again got me sixteen wins, which is really good for a three at the back, right? Um, considering I think that's the first time this cycle I've got 16 wins two weekends in a row. But the biggest issue for me is Cordoba uh, on the right side of the fence in the back three, basically getting burned constantly by Alawiran. And Cordoba's not slow. Yes, he's not max pace. Carlos Alberto, if he's on Carlos Alberto's side and sometimes I've swapped Carlos Alberto over, does deal with him better. But even then it can be a struggle. So people who defend him well, what are they actually doing? It's not necessarily anything you do defensively. I, mean, I guess it's kind of similar to what you do against an Mbappe where you're like, you try to 
you know, back off a bit and like think of the angle to goal, try to cut them off rather than just like running right behind them because you're never going to catch up. Um, I think mostly what I see that people do wrong is they try to play Alawiron too central because he kind of needs the space to like turn and start running his like his dribbling's good, but like 87 reactions, 87 balance, like it could be better. Whereas mm. if he's on the wing and like it's a full, he's running full speed onto a through ball, like he's just gone. But I feel like if he's in the middle, you can try to close him down before he turns and then kind mm. of get onto him. So he's someone I think he's best when you play the ball to him when he's already moving rather than, you know, passing it to him and having him turn and then start running. Yeah. The only time that I get scared of Al Awaron is when I see someone playing him on the left side. Mm. I'm just yeah, like, that's why oh, he's catching me. Gosh. This is going to be miserable. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, like when you, I played yeah. this guy and I played like four games a weekend league, maybe some like not many. And one of the games, the guy was playing, I think it was a 4 3 2 1 with Al Awaron on as left forward and Mbappe as right forward. And I was just like, I know exactly what I'm in for. Like, exactly what I'm in for. And like still managed to squeak it out, but it's just, you know, what what is what is the old expression? Squeaky bum timer, you know, whatever, however it goes. And you just sort of like mm, yeah, hoping yeah. you don't get the FIFA junk. Yeah. But I guess I should also say then the the biggest addition, not even our wire run, was I bought on I think Friday uh Team of the Year Benzema. So mm. uh, really been enjoying him. He's fantastic, exactly as good as you would think with the stats. I mean I think like 2 million coins right now, definitely worth it, um, in my opinion. Um, he's just so good at everything. The only thing I would say he's not great at is like, he's not going to break away from people like someone like an Mbappe would, but shooting is so reliable. Passing's great. He's great on the ball with an engine, good strength as well. Like really good for any of those kind of one striker formations. So like a 4-3-3, a false nine, a 4-3-2-1 as that middle player because he has the five-star weak foot that he can do anything mm-hmm. you need him to do on either side and especially best when you have like center mids or wingers kind of running off of him versus you know if he was like in a 4-4-2 and he just kind of stood up there and just like received the ball and shot or ran in behind like I don't think he'd be quite as good yeah that makes sense what chemistry style did you put on him because he's a bit of a weird one as a lot of teams that you players that are for chemistry right because he's shooting doesn't he boosting passing probably doesn't either right yeah I went for engine just because um, it gets the agility and balance up which are both under 90 gets the mm. dribbling to 99 and also helps a bit with the passing just because of like his long passing and curve aren't quite as good. So like if you're like on a counter and you play it into him and he turns and goes to play like a through ball, it kind of helps, but mostly just getting the pace to mid nineties and the agility and balance into the nineties as well. Well, good to have our first team of the year review proper, I guess. I'm sure there'll be a few more to come. We should move on to this question actually from Jay Kell and he's asking about inverting wingers because the move away from Travellers is uh, I guess a bit of a meta or certainly a meta in some cases previously. Is it now worth playing your wingers on the opposite side? So basically having players on their weak side rather than on their strong side so you can then cut inside and what are those on the pod doing richard should we start with you and actually you're still playing that four five one you were playing last time you're on the podcast i've been trying i really really tried persisting with the four five one mm. but i would just i just kept on getting blitzed by four three two one um so i've been playing a little bit of the four two three one and when i am in that particular formation i, I was using the end of an era bail uh, or other sort of players of that ilk. I was using mm. him 
on the right, so inverted technically, but then Di Maria on the left. So one to mm. cut in and then one to Traveller. That makes sense, yeah. I think with Di Maria, I feel more comfortable doing the skill moves on the left foot on the left side of the pitch. It's, it sounds weird, but it makes sense when I'm playing. Yeah, um, I agree with that, actually. Yeah, I've always found that easier. Rather than trying to then invert it and then invert it again when he's cutting in off the right-hand side, if that makes sense. Well, um, I think it's easier to bait people, isn't it? Because they think you're going to go wide because you're strong. Sometimes you just hit the byline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you've got, I think it allows you a bit more uh, unpredictability. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think it's all it's all personal preference. Mm. Like, if you're really, really good on the green and you, you, you're comfortable green timing, you can still green time Travellers and they still will fly in. Mm. But I think getting to the byline as well, I find is much better when I'm, say, attacking with Di Maria down the left and I know that then I'm passing it back on his left foot mm. instead of passing it back on a weak foot or something like that. So I've, I've been sticking with the, the inverted as of right now unless I know someone's got a deadly finesse, like I'm playing a Lionel Messi and I want him off the right to cut in. Yeah. Sorry, you, you said sticking with the inverted, but you mean... Uh, sticking, sticking with the with traditional, the traditional left on the yeah, left. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And I was going to ask you, actually, you mentioned Bale. I guess people will probably do him anyway because he's so cheap, but uh, how have you been finding him? I tried him down the, the middle as my central striker mm. for a little while. Didn't find him to have that much success. And how much chemistry, then, I should say, actually, that's probably worth asking. So I've got him on right now one. Right, so okay, yeah. I've got the I've got a, uh, I think it's Cooper the Welsh manager mm. but as soon as I've put him as that right forward as the in the 4-3-2-1 I found just having I've, I've had a lot more success with him he is a bully to a lot of fullbacks if you if you can get across the back post mm. he will win 99% of headers and I've just found him his pace he feels so fast. You were talking about Alawairan and that Mbappe pace. I don't think it's to that extent, but I would say it's sort of one tier down. Mm. He's so fast at getting away, but with the strength that he's got, he can hold people off as well. Mm. So I think for the price, he's up there as one of the best value SBCs that we're probably going to get all year. And even if you want to just bring him as a sub or you want a really good attacking left back, in a four three two one, and you, you just want to have a bit of fun. I think he is a must do. Yeah, no, he looks really, really good. Let's move on to well, back to the question that we were covering before, which was about having your wide players inverted or not. Japes, what are you tending to go with at the moment? Uh, in the, I guess that's the four three three, isn't it? I would prefer have right footed player on the right, but right now I'm playing World Cup Stoichkov as my right wing, but he's on free roam, so he's sort of as like right side-ish. Mm. He sort of does what he wants. So wait, st- sorry, Stoichkov is playing as a right wing. He is playing as a right wing because I have Harry Kuehl and Harry Kuehl needs to play on the left. But are you playing Kuehl on the left because he's more of a passer than a shooter? Is that why? I guess I'm playing Kuehl on the left because I prefer how he runs down the wing. In my tactics, that player is less likely to get inside the box and act as a striker. Sure. So I want him to play like more of an outside midfielder and he just has to play along the touchline a lot more than the other sided player does. And because of that, I want him to be comfortable or I want to feel like comfortable with his foot out wide. That makes sense. That does make sense. I mean, we'll move on to you then. You, what are you tending to 
prefer in terms of that that difference between the two i mean you're playing the 4321 aren't you so it's it depends a little bit on kind of what the setup is there yeah i've also been running with uh like the strong foot on the same side. So I've Jairzinho right forward and all the way around left forward. So mm. you did Jairzinho. No, I packed his base before I took my oh, break. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. No, base Jairzinho. Like I, so. I don't know about you, but he is the most common player that I come up against in the elite division. The mid one. Yeah. The, the one that was the SBC. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Because he feels like you're playing a little pro clubs player. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Anyway, Hugh, yeah, so you're saying you're playing strong on strong side, basically. Um, yeah, any particular reason for that? Just you prefer to get to the byline or you prefer to shoot outside or like, you know. Yeah, it just gives you those options. Like you can either go to the touch line to square it or you can do the power shot across goal. I've really been working on green timing more shots lately and, you know, a green timed power shot across goal from the right angle works really well i think especially in a 4321 cuz they're a little like more narrow whereas if they were wider like a 433 it might be a better angle for finesse shots i just feel mm. like overall finesse shots just aren't good this year like yeah every time i do one i wish i didn't so i i feel like it kind of helps me not do them by doing like having the players that way travellas are still better than finesse shots i feel like finesse shots if you're player so di maria is really good at them I was like, he must have finesse shot. And he actually doesn't. But he does have 97 curve. So I'm guessing that's probably a factor, right? Um, and he scored quite a few for me. But still, I don't think they're especially good. The reason why I would have the strong fit player on the strong side is actually for the low driven to cross goal, right? I find them so consistent as long as the keeper doesn't move. If the keeper does move, you've got a bit more time to kind of continue running a little bit and then put it near post. So for me, yeah, I'm strong on the strong side just because low drivens are, are so good in my opinion just you know tap it and it will go across goal and go in a lot of the time so yeah pretty easy straightforward for me and again you know you can travel if you want to if you can time it um and cut in then you can go for that um and it does work let's move on to this question more of a i guess technical question i should say actually there are lots of uh, good questions this week one of those ones where we didn't have many so i was like oh we don't have many questions then loads of people sent questions and now we have a lot no doubt they'll come in in future weeks if we don't cover them this week so nj renegade says i know it was almost said as a joke by one of the guests he says taz i think it was actually ivan who was talking about this uh, they talked on the pod about the super cancel ability with all bumpers and triggers it's been super helpful for me not having my players touch balls before they go out for corners etc there any other random controls that people might find helpful that they don't see used very often and yeah i don't think the super cancel thing was necessarily actually a joke from uh, ivan he was saying it is pretty helpful if you want to stop your player doing something that you don't want them to do and yeah it is a useful thing to to pick up i think japes you use it don't you i think you've talked about it before i use it all the time because i accidentally do things you know and i need to adjust because you know maybe i made a bad choice here or there um i use the uh the one thing i don't see people use that's like kind of a useful feature is the you hit like i think you hit right trigger with your goalkeeper and call your defenders like into the box it's like the defenders start in the box on a goal kick. They start in the box by default if you're playing slow buildup. But if you're mm. not playing slow buildup, you can just hit right trigger and call them into the box. Mm. And if you like to play out from the back, that means, or you know, you're not you're not playing that betting game of are they going to pick the right player that I'm going to try to rush the the ground pass out to. 
And I think you can also send the team up the pitch, can't you? With the other side. Yeah, you can. I don't know what the control is for that, though. But like, I've I've seen people use it against me, mm. and they it works pretty well. Yeah. What do people use that for? Is it just to kind of get you further up the pitch if you've got a target man, basically? It like pushes your striker up against their back line. And mm. if you have a big striker, you can like it works really well. Mm. You can also pass it while the team is moving up the field. I mean, it, the timing's a little tricky, but like say they they're playing like narrow and you like you press it to push your team up and your fullbacks just like unmarked moving up the pitch. What's the control who? To move them up would be the left bumper LB or L1 and call them short would be right bumper or R1. Yeah, that's that's a good tip actually. Uh, what about you, Richard? Any particular buttons that people don't use that much? I've got one, and it's a little bit of a pro club's hack. Like, if you're ever in the position where you dink the ball into the middle of the pitch, say from a goal kick, and it's good if you've got if you need a, a last a late minute goal, you've got the goal kick, you dink it into Zidane, for example. Instead of bringing the ball down or trying to head the ball normally, if you do your header with L1 and triangle you will get a crazy animation where your player will just sort of flick the ball with his head as a over-the-top through ball. Mm. And it's it's something that is used a lot, but you, especially when I used to play 11-man pro clubs quite a lot, competitive, everyone would always just target man and then try and win the, from a throw-in especially, try and win the header. You can almost do it full power and it will the ball will just, it'll fly. But yeah, that's, that's like something that, I don't really see other people doing a lot. That's one that does give me a, quite a bit of success. You could do that on like uh, at the end of the game as well. If you're doing, if you're like kicking the ball up to clear it from your keeper yeah. and you have a striker up there and you happen to have just another flick guy. Just into the corner. Yeah. yeah, just exactly. And it works pretty well. Yeah, that's a good one. And actually that reminds me, one of the things that I was thinking is good to say, a lot of people will know this, but you can't be offside from a throw-in and you can control the players that you're throwing it to. You know, you press LB, you control the receiving player, you can run them, say, to the byline and then receive the throw there. You can make your throw a through ball as well um, so that you can run onto it and then you can cut inside down the byline. Um, yeah, works really well and surprises people. With the with the more players getting more traits, like Trent, for example, has got giant throw. Mm. So you can just launch the ball. Like, especially if you're, if you're in your own half, and you don't really have a throw on and the, the mark in the player as well, you can just launch it down the line. Yeah. A giant throw is really giant. I think people... Yeah, it is. Because it's so rare and players are getting this trait in game now as we talked about before. So look out for it. The flick-ons from it, I think, are a good thing to point out. So yeah, good tip there. Um, the other thing that I use a bit, which I really don't see many people talking about at all, is the contain button. I, it was something that people used a lot in the past. It used to be really overpowered. The way you do it is hold X on PlayStation or A on Xbox, and it will kind of maintain a distance from the attacking player. It used to be really strong because that distance was quite tight and you couldn't really shake off the containing player as the attacking player and it made it really hard to do skill moves, things like that. That's not really the case anymore. You can just burn past someone if they're holding the contain button. Um, but if someone's being very slippery and moving side to side a lot, it can be really helpful just to kind of steady yourself and get a good distance from the player, take up a good position and then kind of jockey from there. And it's not exactly like amazing. It's not overpowered. It's not something that I'd say like it's a must use. But I think just for kind of resetting your defense for taking up a good position and for players who maybe aren't so competent defending players doing a lot of skill moves it can just help i think and, and it's something that i would recommend but yeah 
we're going to be moving on in just a second to the 4321, some chat about where to spend your coins and whether to. But for now, we need to unfortunately say goodbye to you, Richard. You've got to go pack some more Team of the Year icons probably or something like that. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully I'll be back this time next week with uh, with a nice haul of blues. But as always, thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, yeah, best of luck to everyone out there in your Team of the Year packs. Indeed. And on that, we'll be taking a break and be back in a moment. Hello, listeners. It's Team of the Year, but it's also the end and the last chance to enter that 36,000 FIFA point giveaway over on Patreon. So there really, really is no better time to join up and become a supporter than now. The FIFA points will be delivered before the end of Team of the Year, worth saying that. So perhaps go over there, check it out, see what you think, potentially support the podcast, keep it going, get an extra podcast every week to add free. It's early and yeah, there's, there's loads of other stuff to enjoy, not just a giveaway, not just bonus podcasts. And it's kept the podcast going. It means we can do the podcast, which is fantastic. This has been a bit of a ramble of a break, but hopefully I've conveyed the point. Perhaps you're now interested. It would be great if you were. You can head over to bit.ly slash xmas23 points. That's bit.ly slash xmas23 points. Link in the description, or you can search support for weekly. Oh, and if you're on YouTube, another plug, uh, do like, subscribe, and do all the YouTube things. It really helps out. Let's get back into the pod. Hello, welcome back after the break. Going to start with this question from Davis Matek about whether elite division slash pro players really noticed a difference using truly top tier CBs, Lucio, World Cup Virgil van Dijk, etc. versus 200k-ish substitutes like Tamori in form or the like. And while that's maybe quite specific, it makes a lot of sense now to talk about it with Team of the Year happening currently and whether it's worth paying so much for these players and especially when you know, certain stat differences are sometimes not that big but that doesn't seem to be reflected in the price you think of players like Mbappe where it's like plus ones and twos and yet the player is a million coins more and that's often down to rarity to be honest isn't it but anyway in terms of centre-backs it is quite a good place to start because there are clearer tiers I think between centre-backs and there's sort of an acceptance of what makes a good centre-back which there isn't always in other positions actually I know Hugh you had to change your centre-backs coming back you bought some which were just basically too cheap and too far behind the curve so interesting to hear what you think about this and we can broaden it out a bit later yeah so I went from kind of the bottom tier to the middle tier so I went from like gold Rudiger and um, like team of the tournament, Guardiol to ones to watch Rudiger and Phenoms Kunde. So I definitely think that I noticed an improvement. I think it's kind of similar with defenders as, as it is for any other position that like you pay an extra premium to get the very best. So like those players might not be a million coins better than the next step down, but there's not really much in between there to do instead. So I'd say go with like that middle tier unless you feel like you're really struggling, then maybe buy like one of the premier ones. But again, like I said, with like attackers, like if you upgrade from like a base version of an icon to the prime version, say like Eusebio, that might be like a million coins more, but like he's not significantly better, but you pay the premium to get the best versions. Yeah, I agree with that. Japes, you've used, who have you used? I use World Cup Blanc, Cordoba, Cole or uh, I will throw in World Cup Vieira in there because I think he's actually rather good as a center back, which pains me. Well, I guess then you haven't used sort of Lucio and Virgil van Dijk. I just won't pay yeah, for it. But, like I don't, I don't have the luxury yeah. of having that many coins. And if I'm going to pay for an elite skill player, 
whether I win or lose is going to matter more if I have an elite player in a different position than center back. Yeah. Like if you, That's I, I used to talk about this concept in like path to power, but if you take your, if you have a million coins and you say, irrespective of like specific players, where are you going to put those million coins like positionally to give yourself the best chance to win? Striker is going to be the number one spot mm. that at least for me that I like put the coins and like then it's probably midfielders and then maybe center backs. But also I feel like there's real diminishing returns, particularly on center backs, I would say, you know, to sort of exaggerate that. Like, yeah, that's true. The top level of center back, they're just so much more expensive than the tier below, which I guess is the kind of the question, isn't it? Like, I don't think your your value gained at that top end is is as good as in other positions. Yeah, I'd say that's, well, uh, I don't know. When you look at Mbappe being priced at like 8 million coins for his team of the year one, like... Yeah, okay, it's like yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we ignore those players that are just out recently. But, <laughs> well, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Even still, you take like your R nines, right? And yeah, whatever he's priced at at the moment. Like, I guess what I'm kind of comparing is like Lucio, who's 1.5 million the World Cup version, and I mean even Lucio's 89 version <laughs> is 600k. And really, I mean, there's a league change, but it's just like plus ones or something. They're worth that much to some people who need to have the absolute best. But I think, I don't mean to sound negative, but people worry too much about the quality of their team. Like once it's at a certain good level, when we talked about the diminishing returns, like if I had like a 1 million coin team versus a 2 million coin team, I don't think my weekend league results would be like massively different. If we Mm -hmm. had like a 10 million coin team, then they're like, yeah, sure. But like, as long as you're not using like garbage defenders like i don't think it's gonna be like too huge of a jump like don't don't use fodder players but you don't need those like million plus coin players to like be good yeah like a lot of times these like super elite players maybe where it's like a hero or something like that like the pros not only are they playing a paying a premium because they think they're good they fit within what might be like a requirement or their easy chemistry options like tomori that you're talking about is not an easy chemistry option yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, AC Milan has like yeah. a full team of special cards now, so maybe that's not entirely fair. But it, it, Lucio, to get him into the team is super, super easy. Um, that's where like mm. Laurent Blanc to me is like a, maybe a better comparison. Mm. I don't know. I take pride in like having center backs that I really like in my team. But for most people, your baseline level of enjoyment in FIFA is going to be impacted less by your center backs than it would be by an attacker. Yeah. Like scoring goals is more fun Mm. than not conceding goals. Well, no, it's true. I think also one important point to make on attackers though is that it's also that variety in attack, the fun that you can have in the game, in my opinion, is through attacking play. The enjoyment of that for me comes from using different attackers, seeing what they offer, trying different things. And I think one of the reasons when people are often like, oh, how do you play the game throughout the cycle so consistently? And it is because I'm changing my attackers quite a bit. And if I have the same attackers for a while, I don't enjoy the game. That's just a fact. But Ben, this is also why when we look at like SPCs, it's like, yeah, I'll do a center back SPC. Like if he sits in my team, like that's totally cool. But like your attackers, it's like, do I really want that untradeable attacker? Like how long is he going to stay in my team? 
when there's a shiny new object I can score goals with coming mm. out soon. Completely. That's exactly the point. I totally agree. And talking of attacking players, I think you've squeezed maybe three or four into your 4 3 2 one. Um, it is something that has been popular, the 4 3 2 one throughout the cycle, the idea of bringing an attacker back into the midfield. And I believe that's what you're doing here, Hugh, as well. Um, and yeah, tell us about it. Tell us about the 4 3 2 one. You've obviously had a lot of success with it, got your rank one, even though you just come back to the game. Uh, do you want to take us through what it's like? Yeah, so for the main tactic that I'm using, it's press after possession loss with 45 width and 75 depth, really just to make it more aggressive. If you are someone that doesn't like to press quite as much, I'm sure it should be fine if you drop it down a bit. Then for attack, I'm using balanced buildup with forward runs, 35 width, and six players in the box. Um, and then corners and free kicks, you know, kind of do whatever you want. Mm. This is kind of the, the main version where for me, it's kind of like the left side is a bit more attacking. You'll see what I mean with the instructions, but you can flip this as long as you flip all of the wide players. So the fullbacks, the wide center mids, and the wide forwards would all have to be flipped. Mm -hmm. So I have the keeper on comes for crosses and sweeper keeper. Right back is on join the attack and overlap, while the left back is stay back and inverted. The center center mid is like the ball winner. So stay back, stay on edge, cover center. Right center mid is just stay on edge of the box, still on cover wing. So that's just kind of like, that's where I played uh, wild card. Tony Cruz just kind of floats around, makes passes, things like that. The left center mid is on get forward, get into the box and drift wide. Um, this is where I use Di Maria. So really functions as a fourth attacker and he will make runs beyond the left forward who is on uh, stay forward and false nine. So that left forward kind of drops in while the left center mid goes forward. This is something I've kind of been playing around with maybe changing just for myself because I have that Alawayron now. He's not like a great false nine. I'd rather have him running in behind, but mm. the the false nine is how I had it originally. The right forward is on get in behind and come back. So that's where I'll have like Di Maria's playing as like a left mid in defense and Jairzinho's playing as a right mid. So it's like a 4-4-2 defensively. That's what I'll use against like a 4-4-2, 4 one where they don't have a huge midfield presence. Whereas if someone's playing 4-3-2-1 or maybe narrow, I will switch the right forward to also stay forward. So that way the left center mid defends more narrow as like a three rather than a four. Mm. So I just have these two variations that I can switch between. Nothing else changes. It's just, you know, that one thing. On the tactic I put in the Discord, I did have the right forward on stay central, but I've actually taken it off just because I feel like it's a little better when they can vary the runs like more inside or outside. Mm. Um, and then the striker is just on stay forward and nothing else. Okay, that's that's interesting. So now you have Alawiran. This is something that I guess people may encounter themselves when they're trying to build for this formation. Would you say it would be better actually to invert the team so that he's playing that kind of wide, getting behind attacking role on the left side instead? Do you have players that could make that work? You could switch the tactic from left to right, if you like. That's a tricky part because... So team of the tournament, Dean Maria is like the perfect attacking left center mid. And I don't think he'd be quite as good on the right side. Mm. And then my right back is Moments Quadrado, who I'm not sure would be as good at staying back. Yeah. So it's something I could maybe do. Um, but basically what basically what I've been doing is if I leave Alawayron on the false nine instruction, he can kind of help to like link play as I'm like I'm progressing forward and then I can just manually trigger a run for him or do like an LB pass so like pass and move and then he like spins in behind 
So mm. I, I still get him involved in that way, but I think he'd probably be best for just his results if he was just on getting behind. So I guess I'll see. So we talked about this formation quite a bit over the course of the cycle. The fact that the fullback comes forward, that's something that works really well this cycle. And um, the way that it defends in a four is, is super effective. And I guess this is a probably more aggressive version than we've seen uh, mentioned on the podcast in the past. So that's good. The thing I was going to say though, and something that I've been thinking about over the course of the cycle a lot is what's actually the best counter to the four three two one. Like, what do you have most trouble against? I think it's tough because I think the way I play it with a fullback going forward, if someone were to play, say, four triple two, or maybe even like a four three three four with all their attacking players on state forward, then I can be caught out with like a four v three. Usually, if that happens, I'll just pause and put right back on like balanced or stay back. And that, that's usually fine. Mm. If someone else is playing 4-3-2-1, I usually just switch the right forward to stay forward. So I'm playing a more traditional 4-3-2-1. Uh, I think overall, if you match someone's formation, assuming you're familiar with it, that it'll benefit the better player. So if I think, you know, this guy is not necessarily better than me, but the formations just aren't aligning well, I'll just match it and then it, it's usually fine. If it feels like it's someone who's really difficult, I might try just trying different tactics, even like a 3-5-2 or something like that. Um, mm. You know, sometimes just trying something different that they're not used to seeing is helpful. Nice. Japes, any particular, I mean, do you think you you might try it yourself or are you too low to go 4-3-2-1 meta? Um, I probably have a good group of players that would maybe work well with that type of setup. Mm. Um, Actually, yeah, what players do you have? Maybe you can recommend where you'd play them and then that might help listeners if they're thinking of trying it. Yeah, so my my three attackers are uh, Hero Kuehl, Hero, or World Cup Hero Kuehl, World Cup Hero Voller, and World Cup Stoichkov. As like a false nine, I think Stoichkov would probably work pretty well because mm-hmm. his passing is pretty good too. My midfield three are Schweinsteiger, World Cup Kaut, and Winter Wildcards Kimmich. Mm-hmm. And then my back line is baby Roberto Carlos, World Cup Blanc, Mitter Baby Desai, and Vieira. And the Mitter Baby Desai is my right back. I mean, that sounds, sounds pretty well suited, actually. It could be. Yeah, for like a, if you flipped it, I think, like the right back stays back, the left back goes forward. Yep. Right center mid could maybe be Schweinsteiger. I use Schweinsteiger as my holding mid, usually. And then I like kind of box to box and count as my get forward. So then count get forward from right center mid, right forward, I guess would Storchkov. be then Storchkov is the kind of false nine, Volwer central and Kuehl on the left side who comes back and then also can go forward on his strong foot. And yeah, I'll, I'll give some new tactics a shot here. Might have talked me into it. Just, mm. just a little fun, a little something different. <laughs> Although those tactics, like my, I use, I don't have drift wide. Maybe I need to add that instruction. My like 4-3-3, because I have Stoichkov on a, yeah, I was gonna say. on yeah. free roam, he drops into the midfield all the time and Kaut is already on get forward. So they already interchange all the time. And my right back is on stay back. So it's not, I just don't have come back on my left mid, but it's not super dissimilar. And since I am playing on mm. one width, no, maybe I'm on 10 now, 10 width. It probably plays 4-3-2-1-ish. Mm. Nice. Yeah, mm. I like the the drift wide. I feel like it helps the the center mid going forward and the forward cut, like drifting back to not 
be on top of each other. Mm. Yeah. Like the the center mid as they go forward, they go like a little bit around. So like you can play into the feet of the forward coming back and they can turn and play it to the other player rather than like them running straight into each other and kind of getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Hugh posted in the bank because I'm not going to remember it all off the top of my head. It is in the bank actually already. The uh, Is it really? It is. Yeah. Wow. Incredible efficiency there from Hugh. And if you're a gold or above supporter, then go check it out. And if you're having trouble accessing the Discord, you can go to bit.ly slash pod discord help. So that's bit.ly slash pod discord help. Otherwise, do look out for it on Twitter at FootWeeklyPod. Still need to put the 352 up there. Um, But yeah, that's where we wrap up this pod. So thank you very much to Hugh, first of all. Good to have you back on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Glad to be back and uh, enjoying FIFA. Team of the Year, lots going on. I'm sure uh, lots more to come. Yeah, and Japes, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure as always. It's been great. And that does then wrap us up. Obviously, a reminder, 36,000 FIFA point giveaway over on Patreon. BIT.ly slash Xmas 23 points. It'll be done in time for Team of the Year. Final chance to enter. There is also a link in the description of this podcast. Right, that does wrap us up. Thank you very much again to the guests we've had, but also to you listeners out there listening along to the supporters who are keeping this podcast going, including those icon patrons Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair. Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Dan W, Waterman, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Alec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.